0: Good morning, and a very warm welcome to St. Anne's Online Sunday Service. Great to be together yet again, and it's always a privilege to be able to lead our services like this. Obviously, uh, you're watching this through the power of the internet, and that's amazing because I'm fully aware that these services go far and wide as people are sharing them with various friends and family. So, it's a growing online community that are sharing with this. And if it's your first time with us, why not leave a comment and say hi? It'd be great to get in touch with you and to get to know that a little bit better. As a church, we're thrilled that we're able to put on these services. Uh, fully aware that during this period, as we're a country still in lockdown, that actually this is a great way of getting together, of just being the church family together. And it's always great that actually when members of the church family are wanting to play a part in our services. And so, again, like always, as in previous weeks, different people will be playing a part in today's service. And I'm thrilled that Gary is going to be preaching uh, in just a moment on a brand new sermon series as we look at the Book of Malachi in the Old Testament. And we look to see what that might want to say to us over these next four Sundays. As always, Tim and Liz are going to be leading us in our worship in just a moment. And I do encourage you to fully enter into that, to turn the volume up, and to sing along in worship as we join together as a wider family, worshipping God. Just a couple of notices before we start our service. You are invited to join us immediately following uh, this service today as we get together through Zoom uh, to share a coffee together. Why not join us? It'd be lovely to see you there. Also, just to say regarding the church, I know lots of people are asking about the reordering project. That phase one of that project is nearing completion. And hopefully in just a few weeks' time, that will be finished. So when restrictions are lifted and we're able to enter the church, it'll be great to get together and for you to come and see uh, the transformation that's taken place in our beautiful church building. Also, just to say, uh, you'll be fully aware if you've been around St. Anne's long enough that we run a course called the What If Course. And that's for those people who are asking questions around the Christian faith. What if... Jesus died for me? What if death is not the end and there's more to this life? What if I read my Bible? What if I become a Christian? If those are questions that you are answering, then our What If course is designed for you. And what our new course is going to start on the 11th of June, that's this Thursday, the 11th of June at 7 pm, and we're going to run that through Zoom. Normally we'd run that in the local cricket club down the road. Where we'll be able to share a meal together share a drink together and then go through the course materials we can't do that at the moment but we can still meet via zoom and so we're going to run that course in that way if you'd like to sign up and be a part of that course then do let me know get in contact via the email that's on the screen right now and we'd love to book you uh, into that course for this coming thursday in the meantime let me say a quick prayer And then I'm going to hand over to Tim and Liz who are going to lead us in our worship. But let me just say an opening prayer together. Father, we thank you for this day. And we read in scripture that this is the day that you have made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. So as we gather this morning, Lord, would you give us a joyful heart? Would you stir in our hearts by your Holy Spirit? Father, that we might be drawn closer to you and to one another. And that as we worship you now, Lord, that you would meet with us in a real way. And this we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When
1: the music plays, all is stripped away. And the Something that's a work that will bless you. To
0: Jesus. Thank you, Tim and Liz, for leading us in our worship as always. Worship is for me hugely important. It's one of the main ways that I'm able to draw closer to God, through that and my daily prayer time and my daily Bible reading. But I love just being able to worship God and to listen to worship songs. It's one of the things that I often do as I'm working at my desk or I'm in the car, I will have worship songs playing and I'm able to sing along. I send out a weekly email, uh, a newsletter, And if you'd like to subscribe to that, you can do that via our website, www.sthansegberth.com. And on there, there's a a link that you can click and fill in the details and subscribe to our weekly newsletter that goes out. In there, I put a new song every week that I've been listening to. And it just says a little bit about that song as to why I think that that song is important for us this week. So I do encourage you to go and have a look at that, sign up. The newsletter is also full of other important information and things that might be useful. Some apps that might help you with daily prayer or Bible reading. If it's your first time getting involved in these kind of things, then some little pointers as to how you might want to go about doing that. Why not go and have a look and subscribe to that weekly newsletter? In a minute, I'm going to hand over... To John, who's going to share our Bible reading with us as we start this new series looking at the book of Malachi. And then after that, Gary's going to preach for us before uh, Matt and Liz will lead us in our prayers. John,
2: handing over to you. Good morning. My name's John and this morning's reading is taken from the book of Malachi, starting at verse one. This is the message that the Lord gave Malachi to tell the people of Israel. The Lord says to his people, I have always loved you. But they reply, how have you shown your love for us? The Lord answers, Esau and Jacob were brothers, but I have loved Jacob and his descendants and have hated Esau and his descendants. I have devastated Esau's hill country and abandoned the land to jackals. If Esau's descendants, the Edomites say, Our towns have been destroyed, but we will rebuild them. Then the Lord will reply, let them rebuild. I will tear them down again. People will call them the evil country and the nation with whom the Lord is angry forever. The people of Israel are going to see this with their own eyes and they will say, the Lord is mighty, even outside the land of Israel. The Lord Almighty says to the priests, children honour their parents, and servants honour their masters. I am your father, why don't you honour me? I am your master, why don't you respect me? You despise me, and yet you ask, how have we despised you? This is how, by offering worthless food on my altar. Then you ask, how have we failed to respect you? I will tell you, I've shown contempt for my altar. When you bring a blind or sick or lame animal to sacrifice to me, do you think there's nothing wrong with that? Try giving an animal like that to the governor. Would he be pleased with you or grant you any favours? Now, you priests, try asking God to be good to us. He will not answer your prayer and it will be your fault. The Lord Almighty says, I wish one of you would close the temple doors so as to prevent you from lighting useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you. I will not accept the offerings you bring. People from one end of the world to the other honour me. Everywhere they burn incense to me and offer acceptable sacrifices. All of them honour me. But you dishonour me when you say that my altar is worthless and when you offer on it food that you despise. You say, how tired we are of all this and you turn up your nose at me. As you offering to me, you bring a stolen animal or one that is lame or sick. Do you think I will accept that from you? A curse on the cheater who sacrifices a worthless animal to me when he has in his flock a good animal that he promised to give me. For I am a great king and people of all nations fear me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Good morning. When Alston Simon was 16, we arranged for him to have as a birthday treat a flight in a microlight. A microlite, for those of you that don't know, is rather like a bathtub slung underneath a kite into which two people sit, a pilot and a passenger, and they take off and they fly around several thousand feet in the air with nothing around them other than a seatbelt. Well, Simon had his go, and when he came down and landed, the pilot asked Karen and I if we would like a go. And so one by one, up we went into the sky. It was terrifying, but utterly exhilarating. And as you can see, we survived to tell the tale. Before we took off, the pilot pointed out to us a single bolt that holds the bathtub part of the microlite and the kite part of the microlite together. He said that in microlighting circles the bolt is known as the Jesus bolt because you have to trust it that it's going to save you. A single bolt that holds the bathtub and the kite together, the Jesus bolt, the bolt into which you have to put your trust as you take off into the sky, trusting that it'll hold the whole together and save you. Well, today we're going to think together about Malachi, and in particular Malachi chapter 1. And the theme of trust is going to be a significant theme in the scripture that we're going to consider. Trusting in God and doing so sufficiently... That, if you like, we're prepared to get into the microlight and show our trust in very practical ways. Trusting in God that he has us in his hand and that he will look after us and demonstrating that in practical ways. Now Malachi is a book which is one of the minor prophets It comes right at the end of the Old Testament. After that, we move into the New Testament with Matthew. Malachi, as the last of the minor prophets, is in exactly the right place chronologically. Because Malachi is written in a context which draws together the end of the Old Testament. Malachi means messenger. It's an anonymous name. We don't know anything more about him other than he brings a message from God. And Malachi's message is all about trusting God for the future and demonstrating that in the present in very practical ways. Now, Malachi was written around about 460 BC. We know that from two parts of one verse in Malachi chapter 1, a verse that was read for us a few moments ago. In Malachi chapter 1 verse 8 first of all we read about a governor, a governor over the land of Israel. The people have come back from their time of exile, they're settled back in the land, a remnant has come home but a foreign governor is still ruling over them. Think of Hong Kong, and Chris Patton being the last governor of Hong Kong, a British governor over a foreign territory. So here in Israel, the people have a Persian governor ruling over them. We notice, secondly, that the temple is offering sacrifices once more. Malachi talks about bringing things to the Lord's table, bringing sacrifices and offerings to the Lord's table. So the people have come home, they've rebuilt the temple, the temple is operating once again, and the governor is ruling over them. This places it around about 460 BC, so we know precisely when Malachi is writing and prophesying. Now, what's going on in Malachi is this. The people have come home, but things haven't quite worked out in the way that they expected. And so they've started to lose trust in God's provision for their future. And so they're starting to show that in the present in their worship. You see, fundamental to the worship of Israel was bringing sacrifices and tithes and offerings to God, bringing the first of the crop, the first fruit from the vineyard, the first of the flock, and giving those over to God as a sign of trust, as a sign of offering, as a sign of worship. But because the people are starting to lose faith in God's provision, so they're starting to bring to the worship in the temple the things that are diseased and mouldy. They're not bringing the first fruit anymore. Rather, they're bringing the stuff that's left over at the end. And Malachi challenges them about that. He's saying that God's character hasn't changed, that God's future promises will come about and that in the present the people of Israel have got to demonstrate that by offering God worship which is acceptable, including the bringing of sacrifices and tithes and offerings which are the first fruit of the crop, the first fruit of the flock and not the diseased, the mouldy, that which is left over at the end. And one of the verses that we're going to come across in uh, Malachi is a very famous verse in the Old Testament. I am the Lord and I do not change. Trust in God's character, says Malachi. He will bring about that which he has promised and demonstrate your trust in that promise in the present, by offering back to God the best that you have. Now, we live in New Testament times, not in Old Testament times. And we know that God is to be trusted because immediately after Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, we have the beginning of the New Testament and we have Matthew and the Gospels and the story of Jesus, his birth, the fact that John the Baptist led the way for him. That Jesus came and demonstrated and taught about the kingdom of God and then brought that kingdom in through his death and through his resurrection, opening that kingdom of heaven to all who place their trust in him. We know that the sort of trust that Malachi is calling for came about in the person of Jesus. We have, if you like, even more evidence than the people of Malachi's day did that God is to be trusted and is to be relied upon. And so what God says to the people through Malachi is something that we need to listen to as well. And we're going to reflect upon that over these coming weeks, particularly in terms of our giving, our giving back to God of our time, our giving back to God of our talents, but also our giving back to God of our money and of our resources. Now, when I was 16 years of age, I became a Christian uh, through the death of a friend of mine. And a man called John took me under his wing and he taught me all about the basic essentials of the Christian life, of Christian discipleship, how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to minister, but also how to tithe. And so ever since I was 16 years of age, I've given 10% of my net income to God in support of the church and its ministry. Church with a big C. Church locally, church nationally, church through Christian missions. And Karen and I in our marriage have practiced that and we taught our children how to do that. We gave them their pocket money and then we gave them another piggy bank to go alongside that. And out of their pocket money, they put 10% of their uh, uh, pocket money into this other piggy bank. And when they'd got £5, 10 £20 pounds or whatever, they would then give that money to a Christian charity or a Christian organisational event of their choice. Tithing is something that we do and it's the first thing that we do with our money. In our finances, the first thing that comes out of the income that we receive after tax and after national insurance, the first thing that we do is give 10% back to God. The first fruit of our offering, we see it as, not the bit that we give at the end when we've done everything else that we need to do with our money. Now, some people give more than a tithe, some people give less than a tithe. But it's the principle of committed, regular, intentional, thoughtful giving that I'd like you to reflect upon today. We participate in the work of God as we resource that work through our giving, as well as as we resource it through the ministries that we offer in church, the time that we give back to God, the way that we use our houses in his service. We give back to God the first, for him to do with as he will. And some of that goes to St Anne's and some of that goes to other places. We're thoughtful, we're intentional, we're careful about our giving. It's something that we do as part of our worship and as part of our discipleship, not as an obligation, not, if you like, as an extra tax to God. But we give back to him in the light of all that he has given to us. And our belief that God's purposes will be realised in the future as he brings back heaven and earth into one. So for us, it's part of the story of God that we're committing to when we give back our worship through our giving. Now, if you reflect back to Noah and the flood, one of the first things that Noah did as he came out of the ark was to sacrifice some of the animals that God had given to him to care for. They'd obviously bred on the ark and he gave some of them back to God. It's a sign of trust in the future that we give back to God what he's given to us in the present. Trusting that God will provide for the rest by giving him back the first fruits of what he's given to us. I pray that you'll reflect upon that as we go into this book of Malachi and as we unpack more about what this means in practical terms for each of us. The first fruits given to God as part of our worship and as part of our trust and as part of our desire to be some way part of the bringing about of the future that God has purposed. What a joy and what a privilege that is. Let's pray. God our Father, help us, through our worship and through our giving, to give back to you the best of what you've given to us, that your kingdom might come and your purposes might be realised. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Davis household. We're going to be leading you all in prayers this morning. So let's pray.
5: Gracious Father, we thank you for your love and care. We praise you with wonder that you're interested in the lives of your children, and more than that, that you ordain all of our days, that you hem us in behind and before, and that nothing is too difficult for you. As many among us face challenges with mental, physical, or spiritual struggles, please turn our eyes to you. Please strengthen us, please sustain us. And if you plan for us to remain in a particular storm at present, please calm our hearts and comfort us and help us to persevere. We remember especially the week, uh, this week rather, the families and friends of Harry Rosen and David Dunkley as they grieve. Please, in such a strange and distant time, comfort them, draw near to them and strengthen them and help them. In a moment of quiet now, we pray for all known to us facing difficulty of any kind. Saviour of all who call on you, help them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In
1: Jesus' name, amen. Father God, thank you for our families and friends. Thank you for our health and strength. Thank you for safe homes and families. Please help and protect anyone who is weak or struggling please let them know you are with them please provide every thing they need in jesus name amen, amen.
4: Timothy do you want to say a prayer? Yeah. okay i'll say it. Again. Heavenly Father we thank you for everyone who has a birthday in June And we thank you especially for Paul Roberts, who was 60 only a few days ago. Thank you for the work that he and Ian Devine do for our congregation as Wardens at St Anne's. And especially, Father, during our building project and as they consider how to reopen our building safely. Please would their work be a delight and continue to be a blessing to all of us. Amen.
5: Amen. Father God, we pray today for isolated Christians who have no opportunity of fellowship, whether they're secret believers converted from another religion or converts whose families won't let them meet with other Christians or those punished by the authorities who ban meeting with others or even those of us in lockdown because of coronavirus. Father, we ask that your presence will be very real to them and to us and that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with them all to encourage, comfort, console, teach and guide your people.
1: In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 amen.
4: Loving Father, you created amen. everyone. We thank you that you love us equally, and we thank you that black lives matter to you. And just as we are sad and angry at the killing amen. of George Floyd in America, amen. so you also are sad amen. and angry at his killing.
1: Amen. We pray, Father, that
4: through his death and peaceful protests, that you would bring change, not just in America, but also across the world. Please put an end to racism. Please also help us to see the ways in which we are racist without even realising it. Please open our eyes and change us. Amen. And Heavenly Father, you are perfect and holy, and we are not. We fail to live how you want us to, in the way we treat you and in the way that we treat others. We're sorry, Father, for what we do and think. But Lord, we thank you that because of Jesus, we can be forgiven. Please would you forgive us? Please would we know your forgiveness? And please would you change us by your Holy Spirit to love you and to love others? Amen. Amen. And we'll finish now with the Lord's Prayer. Let's say the family prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread.
1: Forgive us our
4: sins, as we forgive those who sin against us.
1: Lead us not
4: into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well, hopefully we'll get to see you soon, but until then, take care and bye-bye. Bye.
0: I'm sure everyone is facing their own challenges during this period of lockdown. And the church, like everyone else, is facing a period of challenge. We're unable to meet together physically. We're unable to worship together physically. We're unable to gather in our church building All these things have a knock-on effect and have huge implications for us as a wider church family. And it's with this in mind that we're actually focusing and we're looking at the book of Malachi. Because it asks some serious questions of us as we'll find out in the coming weeks. What is our heart? Why are we worshipping God? Or who is it that we're worshipping? What's the intention? that we have. And as we go through these weeks, I do want us to be open to these challenges as a church and and, and what that might want to say to us as to how we live our Christian life and the Christian responsibility of giving. It's so important that we grasp this from a theological point of view, which is why we're looking at this book. But for now, I want to thank all those who've been involved in today's service And I do, again, I'd love you to join us uh, immediately following this service now for Zoom, coffee, as we get together. Go and put the kettle on and bring a cuppa and join in the conversation as we talk about the service and life in general. And don't forget, if you'd like to sign up for our What If course, which starts this coming Thursday, do email me or Matt, again, to the email on the screen that's appearing right now and sign up that way and we look forward to seeing you there on Thursday. It doesn't matter if you've done the course before, come and join us again. Why not join with a friend, ask a friend to join you and encourage them to come along. In the meantime, let me say a final prayer of blessing for us. Heavenly Father, we we end this service as we began by giving thanks to you for this day, for all that it has in store for us from this point on help us to turn our eyes to you to keep our eyes fixed on jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith and may you walk with us this day in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen so until i see you again god bless
1: something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song is